had a white college advisor who told me. Um, she told me this story. I don't know if it's how authentic it is, but she told me the story that her one of her sisters went and enrolled in Johnson C. Smith by mistake. Um, apparently, there was like a college that has a similar name, so she applied to the wrong school, and she was saying that she did some. You know, it's like she she actually attended for some time. Talked about how the the women called her sister, you know, and she sold me on the possibility of the school. You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. All right, and we're back with another episode of the Keep the Money on the Floor podcast. Per usual, I am your host Lex Bibbs. I'm here with a good brother, brother Jeremiah Allen. Man, Jeremiah, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Hey, man, we've never met, bro, and I bring that up because. You are the first person that came by special request. Like, yo, get him on the podcast. Really? Seriously. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, hey, nice to finally meet you, brother. Likewise, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, how you feeling today, man? It's been a weird weather day, bro. Like, I feel like we touched all seasons today in yeah, Charlotte. I'm feeling good, though. You know, uh, fall is my favorite season. Despite everything that's going on in the world, I'm always looking for ways to pivot, you know, and to constantly push pushing forward, so I'm feeling good. What is it that you like about fall that excites you? Um, I love the colors, you know, I love the chill in the air, you know, uh, I love to be able to layer up. I feel yeah, like I'm about to say, man, got to be something with fashion, bro, because yeah, you, you yeah. came in here clean, <laughs> and I said, man, I got a hoodie on, yeah. some little joggers, and you some know, Jordans. I love, I love pins, you know, I love lapel pins, I love, you know, hats, all that, all so, that. you know, need something to be able to for sure. Mix up the palette with. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so what I just started doing on the podcast is playing this little game called This or That, right? Okay. And so I'm going to give you two options. You pick one. It's okay. simple, right? All right. First one, wine or beer? Oh, wine. What kind of wine? I'm Merlot. Pretty much Merlot all day. I'll do some cabs, but I'm a Merlot guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cigar or hookah? Cigar fam. All day? All day long. What kind of cigar? So, you know, uh, I hang around with a lot of OGs. They make fun of me because I still like the infused cigars. Which are flavored. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, uh, Acid makes a couple good ones. I like the Toast by Acid. Yeah. I like the Cuba Cuba by Acid. It's kind of like botanical. Uh, I like Isla Del Sol's and Maduro's. And again, I get made fun of all the time. But yeah. Because they, know, they, they, know they ready for you to graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like them, them well, pop out of sailor type. For sure. For sure. Um, I just got into cigars. I mean, I've been smoking cigars for some years, but like more recently, you know, fire pit at the crib, just mm-hmm. kicking back, watching the game. You know, you feel mm-hmm. like a boss a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. you flick the guard or whatever, you let the ashes burn down. <laughs> what um, what spots in Charlotte, like, do you frequent or, you know, yeah. hang out at as cigar spots? So, you know, I got to shout out Taylor Smoke. You okay. Know, I like Taylor Smoke um, up in Concord. Um, I just was uh, at their new location down that way, mm-hmm. frequented the spot uptown. Um, tobacco Trader is my neighborhood spot. That's where you know my circle of the you know the G's are. Yeah. You know, um, it's a lot of different ages, but it's more more importantly for me, I get a chance to sit down amongst the OGs. And what was that spot called? Tobacco Trader. So it's in the uh, it's down South Tryon, um, and it's small. It's grandfathered in. Yeah. You know, it's a, it has a little smoke smoke section. Yeah. Where you can smoke indoors, and it's just. Good people. Man. Survive. It's just good people. Okay, yeah, we got to link up one day, man, and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure, man. They can um, make fun of us both. Hey, listen, let, let I, I'm willing <laughs> to learn. That's the thing. 
Um, I already know the answer to this just on the, the aesthetic and how you came in, bro, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Jean jacket or top coat? Top coat. Top coat. Layers, bro. Top coat, man. Top. So look, there's something regal to me about the top coat. You know, it's been a staple in a gentleman's closet for centuries at this point. Especially the black man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, shout out to, uh, I mean, we ain't got no sponsorship, but shout out to Banana, man. I got a lot of my, my yeah. jackets, my coats. Yeah. Like just, I like this weather too. Like mm -hmm. I, to me, it's not too soon right now, mm -hmm. but by December, January, bro, I can't wait. Yeah. It's over. Put a little skinny hoodie underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing something. I've, I've seen your IG. Come on, man. I've seen your IG. Hey, man, listen, yeah. I learned from the best. <laughs> um, some, some casual boots like you have on or like some sneakers, bro? Casual boots. All day. So for me, um, you know, like the boot is my favorite shoe type for, for a man. You know, so like when it cools off and it cools down, quote unquote boot season, I always get yeah. excited. Yeah. So like, like you boots. like so like a, a chucker boot, a like a what's the what's the popular boots, man? Everybody can't wait to wear in the fall, the fellas. Well, uh Chelsea boots. Chelsea's are nice, but um, you know, I'm I'm thirty nine. You know, I like uh I like quality. I like a I like a hard bottom. Okay. Boot. You know, um wood sole, leather, leather, leather inlets, you know, like I like a a, a casual but dressier yeah. spin on that. For sure. On that staple. For sure, man. Like, you know, let's get into fashion, man. Like again, you you are you are in that culture, man. Like is there ever a time where you dress down or you just like So pretty you know, much like yo, you wake up and it's like, yo, I'm putting the button up on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some fitted jeans and I'm I'm putting my boots on. I'ma tell you the truth, man. Um I did not own a sweatsuit until COVID. I had to go out and get like track suits for because of the conditions. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I had no reason to to really get flossed out like that. So typically, you know, my my go-to, I like to I always aim to keep it kingly. You know, I was raised by some old heads, you know, uh large brim, wide brim fedora suits, suit type dudes. That's dope. You know, um, so I had a front row seat and I'm still learning, I'm still chasing you know, those those types of guys, yeah. like the ghosts of those guys. I could tell, man, just on, you know, and it's weird for, for, for brothers to compliment themselves, but, bro, I'm going to compliment you, bro. Like, I could tell by just the way you put your fit together, the aesthetic, like, bro, you ain't playing around. Like, the hat, the joint, the accessories, like, the whole nine, you know what I mean? I appreciate it, man, but, you know, um, I've had some, some sisters tell me that I probably could tone it down a little bit, oh, that's what they you tell know, you. grab some more hoodies, you know, um, I picked up a Smith hoodie, of course. Absolutely. You know, um, but, uh, you know, I time and a place, sometimes I got to yeah. tone it down and, and, and be able to do that too. Right. They like when we can do both, right? Absolutely. Um, so when it comes to like fashion, like, and it's the last this or that, like, is the accessories more important or the fragrance? If you had to sacrifice one, which you're gonna sacrifice, you know what I'm saying, that 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 cologne, that oil, or you're gonna like, ah, I can't wear the be, I can't wear the chain, whatever. Oh man. So I'm gonna go with the accessories. Um You're gonna sacrifice the accessories or you're gonna go with the accessories? I'm gonna go with the accessories. Okay. As long as provided, you know, if it's if it's cologne or the accessories, 
I'm, I'm going to choose the accessories. Okay. I have to. What's your go-to cologne and during the season right now, man? I like, uh, so I had somebody put me onto a Prada. Um, it's a Parfumo. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it, it has that staying power throughout the day. I also like uh, Aqua de Gio. Uh, par- Parfumo, always a Parfum, excuse me. Yeah. So I like Aqua de Gio, Parfumo. I'm trying to learn more about the thicker ones yeah. that last with your nail and evaporate. Parfum, after. not perfume. Parfum, exactly. Parfum. Exactly. Yeah, so that's basically like, uh, I think a lot of them are like the the toilet. Yep. You know, I might be saying that wrong, but they, they leave you quicker. The Parfumo sticks to you longer okay. throughout the day, so you pay more for it. So I'm trying to get more into... Building a collection of You're teaching the brothers some game on this podcast. I'm man. learning, hey, I'm learning learning too. So we, we spoke um, on the pre-call, man, and I know you, uh, I, I said that, because uh, I saw, like, your background, like, you're from Massachusetts, but you was like, man, I actually was born in New York, right? Right. So, so tell us your background. I was born in Buffalo, New York. That's okay. upstate. Um, you're I our third there. Buffalo guest, man. I lived there until yeah. I was 11 years old. Um, Buffalo is a really hard city um you know shout out to griselda right because then now everybody know because yeah, my of boys griselda. my yeah. boys is trying to tell me to listen to that joint <laughs> now fans? Know. I, i'm more of an r&b dude okay you know but um so buffalo is like like many other northern cities older northern cities when the industry left it left the people behind Right. So we talk about New York City and everything, those well-established metropolitans. But you got like, you know, uh, you know, cities in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. You know, you have D- Detroit. You have these types of places where like the, it, once the industry left, it left the people stranded. So yeah. what happens to those environments? They become really, really hard, callous environments. It took me a while to get that out of my system, even at 11. You know, you just kind of adjust it. To, to that kind of environment. Massachusetts was, I, I moved to a suburb. It gave me a chance to, to really detox from all of that. And uh, that pretty much marked the beginning of, uh, of me being more of a creative. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so how'd you hear about Smith all the way up in uh, Massachusetts? So oddly enough, I had, um, a, I had a white college advisor who told me. Um, she told me this story. I don't know if it's how authentic it is, but she told me this story that her one of her sisters went and enrolled in Johnson C. Smith by mistake. Um, apparently, there was like a college that has a similar name, so she applied to the wrong school, and she was saying that she did some, you know, it's like she she actually attended for some time. She talked about how the the women called her sister, you know, and she sold me on the possibility of the school. Um, all of my elders that worked at my high school pointed me towards Charlotte. Mm-hmm. They were telling me that Charlotte is next up, you know, and it's a good place for me to be. So I came here in the blind, you know, just totally based off of the uh, advice of some trusted advisors. For sure. Yeah, that's about a, what, a 17-hour drive? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. On a, on an average day, about 17 hours. Yep. On a good day, yeah. maybe you can make it in about 15. I know that because um, I was a com arts major and uh, – Couple girls, uh, Nikki Sitar, who's a professor there now, Kaya, they used to all drive down there, but like it's about 17 hours. That's brutal. What year you graduate? 05. So we're okay. around the we're same. Going, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you was an English major, right? Well, but I minored in com arts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. They used to talk about that, bro. That's that's a long drive, bro. Yeah. Yeah. My that's... mom still tries to bait me into it. Nah. Nah. Do you go back nah. often? 
not often enough. You know, I might get up there once, once a year, um, or you know, and then my family would come visit me down here. Yeah, maybe once a year, but not not often enough. Yeah. So uh, your time on campus, man, what was that like? Were you, what were you involved in? I know you you said you minored in com arts, you majored in English, but I was really into both of those disciplines. So uh, my one of my favorite professors at the time, uh, Nisinga, Dr. Nisinga Burton. Yeah, shout out to uh, her, man. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we we joke around from time to time that she's like my adopted mentor. Like I claim that. Yeah. Um, so the film stuff that she introduced me to was pivotal for even even for my creativity just the, the like the lens that I, I began to look look at life through yeah um, I was a black ink monk you know so I was a uh, real heavy into spoken word mm -hmm. back then and it, so you really see the 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 crossover appeal yeah. you know you have the performance art the literary the literary aspects of it but all of it fused together perfectly you know we we shot music videos and the commerce department, yeah. you know, we just, I was all over the place. Anything that had to do with art, though. That was your thing. It, it yeah, it, it piqued my interest. So full circle now, what do you do uh, for work? So my day job is I'm a technical writer, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it, to be honest, it's probably the first job that really required an English background, you know, like the written aspect. Um, but it's pretty much creating workflows, you know, for uh, for new hires and like educational, corporate educational material. Gotcha. Yeah. So like I go get hired at Bank of America tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like you help with that onboarding, those, that kind Depending of stuff. Depending on the position, yeah. If yeah. there's like a process that you need to like memorize and you need to learn that's pivotal to your responsibilities. Yeah. I would write that process out and it's like cross-functional, some project management. Oh, wow. Um, so there's a lot of hands in the pot to actually curate the, the material. And call me dumb, but I don't even think about like stuff that, you don't even think about that, like, yo, who made this manual? Who put right. this together, this onboarding process? Right. Like somebody like you. Right. It's so called a tech writer? That technical writer. Technical writer. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so is that like you contracted to work with different companies or you work for somebody that you could just... You could. I work for Spectrum. Okay. Um, but you could do it that way. You know, but um, I've worked for Spectrum for eight years and wore different hats. You get there. free cable? Man. Yeah. Yeah, free cable. As you should. Internet, internet yeah. all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. You you um, you um talked about uh, Dr. Burton, man. She was very pivotal in my calm arts career, man. She stretched me yeah. in, in a way. It was like, no, nah, bigger, no, nah, better, yeah. no, nah, like. Apply for this California internship through CBS. Absolutely. And I was like, I'm probably not going to get it, bro. She helped me become a finalist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was going to go to Cali. Uh, and when you think summer. HBCU, that should be the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Like, that right there should be the standard. So, any, any, you know, any child that's attending an HBCU, and I'm talking about like a black kid. For sure. You know, like, that's the type of, of community, the type of tribe that they should expect to receive. Yeah. You know, another person who gave me that was uh, Dr. Staten. Dr. Staten. Max Staten. You yeah. know, like, if I if I miss class, somebody from the class it would say, you. your daddy was looking for you. It was on you. You know, and it was just, it was a joke. You know, yeah, that he was daughter, like. His daughter, is it Jade? Jade. Yeah. You know, Jade's good people. But it was yeah. just like, the joke was like, you know, I was like my dad yeah. on campus, you know. But that that was the thing, right? You know, you, you know your professors know when you're not in class, they're going to check up on you. Man, shout out to my dude, Herman Howard, man. Uh, you remember Dr. Uh, I do. Mr. Howard? I do. In the audio department? Yeah. Bro, he let me 
Think about this. Mm-hmm. He let me um, give my presentation in front of him before I did it in front of the whole class, before, and he would grade it. Love it. I was like, bro, I'm nervous. He was like, well, come and you know present in front of me. Yeah. I give you some feedback, and then 30 minutes later, you present in front of the whole class. Uh, Why is she going to get that, bro? Nah. Yeah, man. We, we nah, love man. D. Smith with all our hearts, man. <laughs> Listen, man, like, um, this I, before we get to Rook and King. Okay. Okay. Um, we're missing homecoming this year. Yeah. What what what, what does, does it mean anything to you that we're missing it, or does it not, like... So, I got to be honest. I'm going to keep it a buck. Please be honest. I'm going to keep man. it a buck on your podcast. Um, I have not been back to homecoming since I graduated. And I've always been here. I've never left Charlotte. 16 years. And I've been back to campus, but I've never gone back to homecoming. Um, last year was the first time that I really had... Because y'all celebrated a reunion. Intentions to, and I didn't. You know, so a lot of it had to do with the fact that initially I used to get my son every other weekend. Um, and it would always fall on the time that I, I had him, and I would I would dedicate that time for sure to my, to my son. Um, I don't have any family here; it's just it's just he and I. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the last couple of years, like he did, his mom and I decided for him to transition to me as a primary because he's getting older. So mm-hmm. starting middle school, he came to me. But last year was a time where I, I had to. I, it was my intentions to go back. And it just didn't work out. Yeah, that's cool. That's this, cool. This year, it was like, okay, well, I didn't make it, so I'm definitely going next year. Next year. And then COVID came and backsmacked us without yeah, us man. being. Yeah, man. Hopefully, we get it ready. 2021, man. Mm-hmm. But um, man, forget homecoming, man. You you are a father, man. And yeah, what's that like? You how old is your son? So my son's 14. 14, um, man. I look at fatherhood, you know, with him being a, a boy, as like an apprenticeship. You know, so uh, life is the job. So I'm trying to prepare him, you know, give him on the job training. So when it's his time to run the company, quote unquote, which is his life, he's equipped to do so. So he knows how to make decisions. You know, he's a decision maker. He can think critically. You know, he's quick on his feet. Yeah. He knows how to how to take charge. Like I'm trying to to usher him into that. For you know, sure. I like how you put that, man. It's an apprenticeship. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um Wow, yeah, you just went somewhere with that. The pressure comes, the, the pressure then goes back to you, right? It you turns to you as a dad because who do you have to be? What qualities do you have to possess to demonstrate that to the apprentice? Do you feel like a hypocrite as you raise him? And I don't, and I'm asking you because I don't. It's a great question. I'm asking you because I don't know you like that. Yeah. We know each other through social media, but it's like that's what I hear from all of my friends that are, that especially are raising teenagers. You say right. your son's 14, right? Yes. They just said they, they, they just feel like a hypocrite, but so, they're teaching them the right way. I'll, I'll say no to that because I'm not a do what I say parent. I'm a do what you see me doing or trying to do parent. So there is no hypocrisy. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell my son to like to his face straight up. I'm not the cat. I'm only the beginning. Whatever you see me accomplish, I expect for you to do that because you've already saw the steps to get there and take it further. You know, like this is whatever, whatever you see me working on. Or whatever you see me accomplish, it's just easy evidence that you can do the same thing. Yeah. Now I want you to take it beyond me. I'm not trying to build you up to be as good as me. I'm trying to build you up to be way better than me. So whatever I have, whatever glory someone could look at me and identify me, like identify me having, I want him to get it quicker right. than I got it so that he could take it further. So get that head start and then go beyond 
wherever I peek at. In the meantime, I have to keep busting my ass. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that and expecting the ceiling to be low. I'm trying to build a kingdom. Now, I want you to take that and multiply that kingdom. Don't just run that kingdom. Expand the territory of it. Everything the, the light touches. That's what uh what, what Simba, what Simba's dad said, Mufasa said. Yeah. Everything the light touches. I want you to take that and build, build more. Hey, man. You need to write a children's book, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, you, you got a lot of wisdom there, man. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not a father yet. You know what I'm saying? And I obviously one day aspire and pray to be one. But, you know, I think my philosophies will be different because of the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. I, was, I only saw my dad on weekends. Mm -hmm. And that cultivated and shaped the relationship we have now. It's great now, but it's like I, I'm like a little kid when I see him because, like, for all these years... I never really got a chance to spend time with him. I never really got a chance to. And my dad is really like, he loves differently. So I know yeah. he loves me, but like he has a different way of showing it. It's more of a providing thing. It's not like, let me sit you down and let me kick you the game. I'm learning right. the game just by watching him. You know what I'm saying? But I always like to talk to, to, to brothers that have little ones, man, especially in the teenage years, because that's when the sink just, it, I mean, the ship is just going rocky and they, they act like teenagers. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, these last, this this year has just been crazy, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying, to Kobe and and, mm -hmm. and, and, and these the, the social injustice and all this stuff, man, and this election stuff. Like, what are some of those conversations like with you and him, especially about what's going on in the community with, with us, man? All of it has been heartbreaking. You know, Kobe passing... Uh, you know, Nipsey passing at the end of the at the end of the year. It was twenty nineteen. At the end nineteen. On my birthday, actually. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, Chadwick passing. Yeah, Chadwick. All the police brutality. You know, um, just the civil unrest. All of it has been has been heartbreaking. So we have to have honest dialogue within the the confines of of his capacity at this time. I don't want to talk about it in a way that's going to position him to be afraid. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to, I try to, to, to talk to him in a way that's going to empower him. A lot of it, in my, my humble opinion, has to do with how marvelous of a people we actually are, though. And the more we step into that, that dominion, you know, that regalness, I don't, I don't know that it doesn't come with resistance. You know, um, sometimes you walk into a room and your very presence, no matter how gentle you are, makes other people feel small. You know, and that's difficult. Bro, I'm 6'5", 260. And I get it every time, all yeah. the time. You know, and I'm how, like, bro, and if you how really often, knew me, bro, I ain't like that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You know, but, and, and it's it becomes difficult for brothers like you, right? Because you have to spend so much time and, and energy overcompensating yeah. to yeah. disarm other people. And you just chilling. Yeah, I got I got into it with a supervisor in 2014, and um, he wrote me up and was like, it was just his demeanor, and he yelled at me, and he and the lady was like, well, could it be he's just a six five black man with a deep voice, but he's a small, exactly white pudgy guy, exactly low self esteem, and he was just like, he just yelled at I ain't like that. I was like, exactly oh, what. So it's a tough conversation yeah. to navigate, but I try to lean towards the affirmative as much sure. as I can. I try to big him up and talk talk life to him. Um, try to try to educate him 
on how royal of a of a figure he is and he's becoming. That's dope. You know, um, in spite of the adversity that we see mm -hmm. outside the window. So for sure, for sure, man. Keep doing that, man. That's dope. Uh, what's his name? Langston. Langston. Okay. Shout out to Langston, man. Pops is a, is, a, is a cool dude, and man, keep listening to him if Langston gets to listen to this podcast. <laughs> so on the on the podcast, man, to keep the money on the four podcast, I, the, the premise of it, obviously, is to spotlight folks like yourself from Smith that have their own brands, businesses, and or services. Mm -hmm. You have Rook and King. Mm -hmm. It's dope. Thank you. I need to get a couple pieces. We're going to talk about that. I got you. Tell the audience, what is Rook and King? How did it come about? Mm -hmm. Just the whole, the whole thing. So, interestingly enough, um, and you know, a few people have have maybe heard, you know, the story. But um, I, I'm I'm a little prone to struggle with depression. I'm a okay. little in and out um, of depression. Um, a lot of my writing back in the days was an outlet, you know, kind of ways to explore whatever I was thinking. Um, during that time, this was maybe almost four years ago, I was taking some time away from work because of that. And I, uh, I liked the, the accessory of, of a lapel pin. You know, I used to wear like a little silk flowers and everything, you know, um, stand, kind of standard issue. But um, I started looking for other pieces that were more interesting. Uh, I like world culture. So I was looking for like lotus flowers and Buddha heads and, you know, just kind of symbols, symbolism, and I couldn't find it. So I kind of put it on my to-do list to start trying to make them myself. That was the opportunity. Wow. So while I was away from work, I was away for maybe like three months. Um, I just started getting into it and I made my own set. Like I made like five. What was the first couple ones? Um, I made a Buddha head, um, a compass, a Hamsahan. Um, now, when you say things. make these things, like you went to Michael's, got the supplies, and just like got in the lab and was like, I'm going to do it. That's exactly where I went. Wow. I went there. Um, I found some odds and ends. Um, I had the stick pins, like a, a really bad set of stick pins. You know, that's the uh, the pin system behind, mm -hmm. the, behind the, uh, the, the, uh, the actual centerpiece. And um, they were really bad, but, and they all came out terribly. But I was proud of them, though. Yeah. Like, they were good enough for me to wear. Yeah. And uh, just, I got, I, I began to enjoy, I, I enjoyed it. You know, it was like an outlet. Mm -hmm. you know, it was like meditative to make them. And um, they will fall apart, you know. I used, like, Gorilla Glue. Um, it was just, it was a mess. You yeah. know, they were messy. They weren't very good. They didn't hold for, uh, for very long. And just through the enjoyment of making them, I got better and better and better. And once I got good enough, people began to notice the pins and ask so me. So initially them. you were just making them for self. It was just for me. It was just for me. And then people began to want them. My immediate friends started, you know, started wanting them. And then you get to a point where y'all don't want to just be sitting here doing this for free. Right. You know, like I'm I'm I mean you my my homeboy, you know, y'all y'all my people. I'll make you I'll do it, but you know, it gets to a point where it's like you, you're sacrificing your own time too. Yeah. So those same friends started encouraging me to to open that up to the public, you know, and with that came even more pressure to make sure that the work is solid. You want it to be something that you can hand down to, you know, someone that you care about or gift mm -hmm. it 
to someone that you care about, you know, so it has to have enough longevity to, to like open up that opportunity, you know, and fast forward years later, here we are. So you talk about that state in which you were in depression and this was birthed out of, did you find therapy in that? Yeah. Like just creating with your hands. Absolutely. And finding a release. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It always like recenters, recenters me. And, you know, it's been years, so some of that has worn off. But what does it for me now is like uh, when someone makes a purchase and sometimes you see the loveliest gift inscriptions to be included with the pen. You know, uh, one of my favorites, uh, a woman uh, bought the like a phoenix, one of my phoenix pieces. And she basically just said something like, you know, like, we all have faith that you're in your ability to do this. It was something like that. She said something a little bit more saucy. It was enough for me to respond to her. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I look forward to yeah. getting this in, into your hands. Yeah. And she said, my husband is uh, preparing for his board exams, and it's been a really stressful time for him. And I just wanted to give, give him something to encourage him. So that right there, whatever I'm going through, like that put me back in my seat. Yeah. I, have to, I have the privilege, the honor to sit down and make something with my hands that has that type of sentiment in it that has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. That that was her own sentiment that she placed in this pen. So on the surface, it might be regular-ass lapel pen, but when you know, you know. Yeah, man. About how long do these things uh, take to make? These pens, sorry. So I give myself um, within three to five business days to have it sent out. Okay. But if I'm on my game, most pens take, it's ready to be worn and handled the way people handle anything. So the ones that's the on your site now, somebody picking is like, all right, somebody ordered, I'll say the passport one. Like, that's one of my favorite ones. I'm going to okay. get to that. It's like, all right, give me a certain amount of time. I do it up. Yeah. Mail it out to you. Yeah. Or, yeah. So everything's made to order. Okay. So once you purchase it, um, I get to order, review it make it yeah get it sent out so a lot of brothers not really up on game on the lapel pins like i just wore one uh, i was on a wedding shout out to levi and ashley they gifted the brothers that they know it was a rose flower mm-hmm. um i mean obviously you have one on now you have a cardigan on but like mm-hmm. you know blazer suit like it's what's when is the appropriate time to rock it i love that you asked me that yeah um I'm not gonna pretend like i know no, no, no. I love that you asked me that because I feel even in my own path, I will always put them on overcoats and suit jackets, right? But as I got more into it, I started putting them on different sweaters. If the sweater has like a collar, I'll put it on the sweater. Um, even if it doesn't, you know, like some of them, I might have like a shawl neck sweater, but I'll pin it on the like the chest yeah. of the sweater. It just kind of depends. Always um, on the left. Typically, uh, more often than not, and that's kind of me being a creature of habit, because anytime that I saw it, it was always on that side yeah. with above the other uh, pocket yeah. of yeah. a jacket. So I don't know if there's a hard rule for that, but anytime I observed it, that's the way that it was always staged yeah. uh, when I was getting into it. Um, jean jackets, mm-hmm. I do them with jean jackets. I might wear a piece that is less like dressy. On a, on a denim jacket. Like so I have uh, I've, I have um, an ohm piece, an ohm symbol, and it's like red, and it's like kind of like layered. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I've done that. I do this piece that I'm wearing now. I do that on a denim jacket. You know, I feel like this piece can go both ways. And that ways. one is? This is uh, Isis. Isis. Egyptian, Egyptian okay. goddess Isis. Yeah, I, um, I wrote down this. I looked on your website. <clears throat> and I'm going to make a purchase here soon. Yeah, I heard that. I just want to... You know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to buy one for me and one of the homies because I know <laughs> I owe somebody a birthday gift. No, for real. Um, my three favorite, I'm going on your website, um, the leader of the pack. Okay. The Holy Bible. Uh-huh. And I said it already, the passport. Okay. Those are the three. All of them are dope. But those Thank are the three you. I was like, these are the, the, this is it right here. Thank you. So break it down for me. Number three, leader of the pack. Where did that come from? So leader of the pack... Um, I think wolves are majestic creatures, you know, and um, I have a group of guys, a group of real close guys. Um, and when I first was telling them as a, as a group how we need to stay in front of each other more, I talked about the lone wolf and how we romanticize the lone wolf. And I was like, what does the lone wolf eat, though, out on his own in the wild? You know, he chased small game, zigzagging, overexerting himself for what? rodents when we work together when the pack works works together we bring down more than our field and everybody can eat elders children everyone can eat that's where i came from so it was on my to-do list for a long time for me to make that piece you know just just to in, yeah. encompass that's the one for that. me bro yeah. um of course the next one is important too the holy bible right self-explanatory yeah so you know what's funny about that is there was a little bit of peer pressure from uh from strangers, people I didn't even know. Like they would inbox me on Instagram, they would hit me up yeah. through the through the shop chat. And I wanted pieces that were less obvious, you know, but they were pressuring me for more direct yeah. Christian representation. I have like a guardian angel piece up there and they wanted obvious Christian yeah. references. So from that that welcomed peer pressure, you know, um, I did the praying hands. Um, I had a cross for a while that um, that sold out. Yeah. Um, and then you know, more recently, I have two Bible variations. I think one of, I was thinking about was, the, was white yep. book, black letters, right? Is that how it is on it? I think so. Um, the passport. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, just your time. I know we talked about you like have experiences, like just your your world view of traveling, like you said world culture. So and what I like about that is uh, for me personally, the sentiment in that is um, just life being a journey. Right. So whether the journey is a physical, like whether your journey is phys- physically traveling to a place or if it's a mental journey, you know, the journey that you go through on the path of life. To me, that piece represents twofold. So yeah. I always, uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm always intrigued to see what someone else observes. Same thing with the nautical mm-hmm. compass. A nautical compass is a really popular piece that I have in the shop. That's what I was about to say. I'm going to ask you, rather, what's the most popular one that you've made the most of? That's one of them. Um, the nautical? Yep. The nautical compass is one of them. That's probably my first big seller. Um, the piece called Royalty, it's the crown. It's the crown piece. That piece uh, is, is a popular piece. The pharaoh piece. That's it? That's one of the big ones. Yeah. You know, um, alphas love that piece. Um, just people who are into the just the aesthetic mm-hmm. of Egypt is mm-hmm. into that piece, and it's a powerful. It's a bigger piece, but it's a powerful piece. It stands 
prominent on its own. It attracts a lot of attention. Yeah. I get a lot of compliments from that. Yeah, piece. man, I'm trying to boss up, man, and for, you know, <laughs> moving into the next year. I need to get some pieces, man. Um, with your business, Jay, how do you measure success, man? Um, like you said, like... Man, that's a good question. Um, everyone who knows me, uh, knows me well, say that I'm entirely too hard on myself. And, and, and there's merit to that. Um, but for me, I'm aiming at legacy shit. You know, like it's not a popularity contest for me. You know, so I appreciate recognition. I appreciate the features that I've had, you know. But for me, it's how am I, how am I changing my namesake? QC exclusive feature. Yeah. Come on, man. Yep. I did my research. I love them. You know, they're good people. Um, I was really proud to work with them. They, they, they've done a really good job at keeping me close. And I appreciate that, right? Because when you get there, should you get there, you want to be able to pull those people up with yeah. you, yeah. you know? Um, but I'm, 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 I'm really aiming at the stars, though. It's not, it's not enough to just be locally well-known. I appreciate it. You know, but I want to to change my namesake though, elevate my namesake. So for so me, it's it's get all it legacy. into stores and boutiques and it's stuff like that. All legacy, build it all the way out. Yeah, I want to build it all the way out. I you want to partner um, with Zara, or partner on, with H&M H&M or somebody, or you know, like I want I want my name on on anything that I like. I like fly shit. Yeah, I want my name on it. I want Rook and King on everything that yeah. I like. I'm a um. I'm going to throw something out there. It's more like a challenge, though. You know? okay. And it'll get you to come to the yard. But last year, um, <laughs> I took See how you threw that in? I took the opportunity of being a vendor on the yard. So okay. forget going around with a duffel bag and a backpack selling my merch. Mm-hmm. I posted up on the block. Mm-hmm. Bro, I challenge you to do that, bro. That could take your joint to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's this JCSU community. It's so many old heads, young heads. Like, mm-hmm. oh, women, women spend the most money for their boyfriends, their husbands, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Bro, post up on that block now. That would obviously me- require you to make more in advance. I know right. it's like a lot of made to order, but I promise you you'll make your money back. Bro. Okay. I'm going to hold All you right. to that, bro. I'm telling All you. All right, let's do it. That's gonna, you're going to take your joint to a whole nother level because the people need to see that joint. I'm done. They need to see that on the yard. And, like, again, like, that Smith love is crazy. That that mm-hmm. that dollar recycles on that yard, man. And, you know, you you got something with this, bro. This is a lane that I don't see nobody doing right now. Yeah, Everybody's selling T-shirts. A lot of people selling candles. Other people doing other stuff. And that's great, but mm-hmm. I don't see nobody doing this, bro. At this level, this is dope. I appreciate it, man. Um, how do you deal with... Your family, your friends asking for free stuff. Uh, don't give me the don't give me the sugar coat, bro. Give nah, me. I don't. So I don't get that often. Um, Why is that? You think? Maybe some of it has to do with who I am, but I think a lot of it. I think more of it has to do with who they are. You know. Um, I'll gift a piece to yeah. my loved ones. You know, I, I don't shell it out though. But I, I think that I, I'm blessed with people who are who appreciate what I do, um, who respect my time. You know, and who who plan on being there when you know it's it's beyond what it is today. You yeah. know, like I, I just I don't I don't have a lot of leeches. I've encountered them. I've encountered leeches. I've definitely encountered parasitic ass people. But they've never been close people to me, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, so saying, nah, that ain't going to fly, you know, was easy for me. Right. 
Yeah, that's something that we get right in this in this space of of, of being uh, entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. business owners and and you know like yo like people haggle. You know, what I'm saying yeah. we talked about that with video on the last guest. It's like yeah. yo, like man, that's fifty dollars, man. Let me get two for sixty, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, bro, my price is my price. Mm-hmm. You don't like, you don't buy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. One of my uh, homegirls said that to me um, some years ago. You know, we were talking about my price points and where I should be. This is very early, you know. And she was just like, you know, Jeremiah, you know, everything ain't for everybody. You know, shout out to Summer. But everything ain't for everybody. And the simplicity of that, that's real. Like, that's liberating. Because, yeah. okay, so who is my target audience? You know, I want people who, see, who look at it and see the value. I tell people all the time, I do not sell lapel pins. I make what I think is fly shit and share it with the public. I open it up for other people who see value in it. But I'll never spend time trying to convince someone why they should want it. Mm-hmm. That ain't up to me. That's up to you. You know, if I have to tell you why you should get it, you ain't the person who, who I'm trying to put one on. For sure. Know? Now, for somebody out here, this is actually one of my last questions for you. For someone out here, like, obviously, uh, we're coming up towards a new year, right? Mm-hmm. 2021. And what happens Everybody starts like, oh, I got to set goals. I got to do this. Like mm-hmm. for people that struggle with setting short and long term goals, what would you tell them going into closing out this year, going into the, the top of a new year? So I think that one of the things that another great question and you on your money. But um, I think that one of the areas that we go wrong, whether you're an entrepreneur or not with setting goals is always feeling like you have to be at a certain place before you start. Just start. Just start. Just start. It doesn't matter. Take the first step. Just take the first step. One, another one of my best friends, uh, Micah, when when he was trying to encourage me and push me into like being an entrepreneur, I'm freaking out about it. You know, the lights seem too bright for me. I'm not enough. I don't. I don't know nothing about business. To put it simply, he said, "You make your first dollar, you're officially in business. Hmm. That's it. You make your first dollar, you're officially in business." All of a sudden, the idea went from like gargantuan to way smaller. It's easy for me to make a dollar. Just a dollar, I can do that, right? So if I can do that, I can be in business and focus on building that up, right? right? But I think that we tend to want the, the end goal way too soon. And in reality, whatever the goal is, whether it's business or otherwise, it's really logging steps on that path. Right. So you have to start moving though right you know you can't wait until you have everything bulleted out on the itinerary you know it can't be always neatly it won't always be neatly packaged you have to just get get moving yeah i think that's the hardest thing right because comparison is a thief of joy right with social media with your man's doing this or homegirl doing this it's like i ain't doing it on that level but it's like start you know what i'm saying i think one of the best attributes that I have is like, I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to like try anything. Mm-hmm. It drives my wife crazy. Yeah. But it's like, bro, I'm, I'm, a virtue. Am, I'm ambitious. You That's know what I'm virtue. saying? Like, I'm not afraid for somebody to tell me no, because it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. <laughs> tell this quick story. I always tell my her, like, listen, if I'd have took your no, that first no for an answer, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. I had to get my game together and come back 15 yeah. minutes later. Like, all right, here's the real reason. <laughs> I wanted to help you, but I think you're a nice looking young lady. And my yeah. name is Woo Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we married. You know, we've been together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's just trying. 
You right. know what I'm saying? And persistence and dealing with adversity. You know what I mean? But sometimes people are afraid, Jay. Let's not get it wrong. We talk about in business, like, yo, do I take that money out of my savings and, and buy some shirts or, or go and buy some lapel pins or get some wax for candles? Like, people are afraid. Yeah, but, you know, into that, I, I want to encourage anyone listening to just start where you where you are and do what you can. You know, like, like be honest in what you can do and just... Work, work that until you can do more, right? So for me, for example, um, buying my material was a lot more modest in the beginning. You know, I would try to keep my costs down because I didn't know when it, when the sales would come in. And as you as you are on that path, I always liken it to a path, right? We want entrepreneurship to be a straight line. I'm starting, and I can see the finish line in the horizon. You know, but really it's more of a winding path, right? So when you're on the path and you're coming around that bend, that blessing or that lesson might be around the bend. And you don't know that if you're still at the finish line. You have to log the steps and be moving forward. And you can't always see what's ahead of you, though. You have to just keep moving forward. So today it might look like this is all I can do. But do that, though. Do that and do that proudly. Now, this same time next year, you might be able to do three times of that, mm. but you, you don't do anything. You stay, you stay exactly where you, where you began if you don't do anything at all. That's a fact. Brothers, y'all some knowledge, man. Hey, man, let them know how they can get in contact with you, how they can support uh, your brand and all that, bro. Shout on, your socials out, all that website. On Instagram, I am at Rook and King. Rook and King all spelled out. Uh, the website is the same. It's, you know, uh, rookandking.com. Yeah, man. Um, again, I'm, I'm definitely going to make that purchase. I'm, I'm going to get it next week, bro. Hey, man, I, I, I love what you're doing. I appreciate it, man. I love what you're doing. I appreciate you know? it. Maybe we could do a collab or something, man. Yeah, I, I'm already planning on it. You're already, already planning, planning it out? I got, you, you just, know, I, I, just... I picked up. It's my favorite hoodie. I got a dope-ass hoodie, you know, Smith hoodie. My son is 14. He looked at it and was just like, is that, is that mine? Oh, I was wow. like, nah. You know what I'm saying? He was like, nah, I think that that's mine. So I was the like, nah. Chill. Get on one, though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That, I was like, nah, that ain't yours. That's, that's mine. You yeah. know, but um, the hoodie is dope. I recognize quality when I, when I see it. You know, like once I got it and held it, you know, like it, I can tell you put, you put love in your, in your, in your merchandise. Man, it's, it's. I don't know. I don't even know want to come up with nothing cliche, but I got something. Sometimes I don't realize what I have, and that's 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 a gift and a curse. Hey man, look. You know what I'm saying? We alumni. It's my first time meeting you. I've been proud of what you've been doing long before today. Appreciate that, bro. We're gonna do. We're gonna collab coming in the works. 2021. Let's do it. Working King X Smith merch. Absolutely. Shout your uh, website out one more time and your social one more time, bro. Rookingking.com and also Rookingking on Instagram. My man, this has been another episode of the Keep the Money on the Four podcast. Jeremiah, man, appreciate you, bro. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Hey, everything the sun touches, brother. Everything the sun touches. Let's get it. (laughs)